Welcome to the LTC University podcast. I'm excited today on this beautiful rainy day that we're having in South Carolina right now. It's uh, we're moving into spring, but it, it's the rain brings the flowers, as they say. So today I'm excited though because we have a great guest, um, somebody I, I love working with, and that is Nicole Taylor. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm good. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. So Nicole is the director of partnerships. Um, and, uh, she's, uh, working in assisted living and, and she kind of is running a couple different regions there and, uh, we're excited to have you today. Thanks, Jamie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I've never done anything like this before, so we are just adding to new fun things in 2024. Yeah. Well, it's as easy as just having a conversation. So, uh, we, we can do that for sure. So um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about assist, assisted living, and then we're going to kind of dive into medication when it comes to assisted living and some of those things. So, Nicole, before we jump into our topic today, tell us how you got in, involved in healthcare and assisted living. Kind of give us your background. Sure. Um, so I went to Clemson University. I majored in business management, minored in sociology with an emphasis in organized crime, which I do not mm. use today, but it makes for fun conversations throughout my travels in different buildings wow. and such. Um, but I kind of knew that I always wanted to be in the healthcare field. I grew up, my mom was a nurse. I had several other family members um, who were also in healthcare and long-term care specifically. Um, so I found myself kind of drawn to that. Um, I started out in insurance right after I graduated from Clemson and then eventually went on to an AIT or administrator and training program mm -hmm. uh, for a skilled nursing facility up in Rome, Georgia. Wow. Um, so I started in the skilled world um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and had a son. Um, I had no family there at the time, so found my way back towards home, and I'm now in Aiken. And when I moved back to Aiken about seven years ago, um, that's when I landed in assisted living. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that was kind of a new hat for me. But um, like I said, my love and passion has always been geriatrics. So right. um, I kind of found my groove there and uh, really enjoyed being able to help the residents find quality of life um, sure. and just treat them all like family. So here we are, and this is a way for me to kind of continue that without being in one specific community all the time. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I have two small children, so it's kind of more fun for me to get to continue to touch the ALF world this way. Yeah, um, I get to interact with a lot of different um, communities across the state, even in Georgia. Um, so you learn something new every day. Um, our purpose is really to get out there and to bridge the gap uh, mm -hmm. between the communities and your health. Yeah. Um, we are looking to decrease hospital stays um, across across the board and make sure that our residents are well taken care of while making sure they have all the resources they need that, of course, your health offers. Right. Absolutely. Now, that's awesome. Now, we could take a hard left turn and make this a crime podcast today and we could talk about oh. your, your your crime back crime. What would you say? What did you call it? You organized, organized crime. crime. Yeah, that'd wow. be so fun. That I actually fun. listened to one yesterday, but um, oh, wow. maybe a little more preparation before that. Yeah, one. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So that sounds that sounds like fun, but we'll 
Well, sorry, my ADD got the best of me there. So, well, awesome. That is that is such a great story. I love to hear those kind of stories. That you know how people come around to certain things because I I've got to work and not specifically in assisted living. I worked in hospice, but I was in assisted livings all the time, um, and I fell in love with assisted living um, eight years ago once I started working in the hospice world, and then you know uh, with our company, um, and it was so much fun working you know, talking with residents and I, my favorite, my background's in music and I, and I would just go in, sit at a piano. We would sing hymns, Motown songs, and it's just so much fun. So I, I absolutely love the assisted living world. And, and, and a, just a side note too, I, I remember the first time I heard somebody say Alf and I'm like, are we talking about the, 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 the old TV show ALF or what? I was, I got excited <laughs> there. So I'm like, yeah, there's all these acronyms in, in this world. So anyways, um, today we're, we're specifically going to talk about medication and, and, and how that, you know, people in assisted living obviously take a lot of medication. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of, uh, um, things to look out for there that I think, uh, we can help a lot of administrators today. I can't, but you can, because I do not have that background. So, so yeah, kind of kick us off here, um, uh, you know, and just help us understand this world of medication and assisted living. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so medication management is one thing that I think administrators, uh, resident wellness directors, director of nursings, you know, what have you, whatever you want to call them, that's something that they focus on day in and day out mm -hmm. um, in the assisted living world. And at your health, you know, one of our main goals is to decrease hospitalizations. Yes. Um, one way that we start with that in the assisted livings is through effective medication management. Right. Um, so something we try to make sure we are doing whenever we're coming in and out of the facilities, the care team is going to ensure that they are <clears throat> looking over that medication administration record and ensuring that it matches what we have on file for um, that particular resident. Mm -hmm. um, staff members who are well-trained in medication management are a lot less likely to make medication errors. Mm -hmm. um, so we do have plenty of staff who are ready and willing to go out and do medication training for mm -hmm. all of our assisted livings that we are in. Uh, we are excited about being able to offer that, uh, train all the med techs, help them figure out how to do those CART audits so that you aren't making those medication errors. Sure. Um, you know, it takes one time to give a wrong dose or a wrong medication to the wrong resident. And we've opened a whole new can of worms that, you know, it's, a, it's just a domino effect. Right. Um, the resident may see adverse reactions, uh, complications that could lead to hospitalization or even worse. Yeah. Um, so starting at the core of making sure our staff are trained and can recognize signs of that, um, should something like that, like that take place, um, is key here. Yeah. So um, how, making how, sure, let me ask you a question. How, how, how are you guys able to train? Like what, what are some of the, the mechanisms you guys have in place to kind of help, help with that? Um, so one thing that we are getting ready to implement statewide is we are going to have nurses come into all of our assisted living facilities. Hmm. Um, what they can do is kind of be a liaison uh, between 
your health, the nurse practitioner, the MA, and the facility um, <clears throat> to make sure that those quarterly audits are done, uh, sure. to train those med techs, to assign the monthly med cart audits, um, to make sure that compliance records are in order. Because we know when the state comes in, mm -hmm. they're going to ask to see your med cart records, your sign-in, your sign-out logs, your narcotic logs. Having somebody in there who can put an extra set of eyes on that and make sure that it's up to par and it meets regulation, that helps put the administrator's mind at ease and that helps put the nursing director's mind at ease because sure. at the end of the day, that nursing director will be able to focus on being a nurse in the building, mm -hmm. taking care of her residents, um, and you know she can take care of the staff issues that may arise while our nurse is going to focus on the background portion of it, sure. tying all the pretty bows and making sure everything for that resident is taken care of um, across the board. Mm -hmm. um, so those med cart audits will be super important um, to make sure that our quality initiatives are going to improve the reconciliation and the safety of the meds in these um, in these assisted livings. Sure. Um, so I think that nurse is going to be vital, um, and we're really, really excited about uh, rolling that program out. That's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Sorry. I had to ask. I, 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 I was it's okay. Yeah. yeah. We're so, excited about it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Can continue on. I think you're going to talk about kind of monitoring, monitoring for compliance. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> when the staff are able to communicate, um, with the providers that are in the building, we're able to monitor for compliance a little bit more easily uh, because we do have that extra set of eyes on all of those charts, all mm -hmm. of those documents more frequently. Um, making sure that those residents are getting their medications timely is something that's very important. Um, when a med tech goes through the med tech class, of course, they will um, learn all of the ins and outs about the resident's medications, time frame, when mm -hmm. to give it, how to give it, um, and things like that that ensure compliance is taking place so that a hospitalization does not take place. Yeah. Um, so through training, all of that can be easily accomplished. Um, it's just making sure that the training starts early um, and that everyone understands, you know, there are a lot of residents who have a lot of different medications. We want our med techs to be focused um, and we want them to have the best tools that they can in order to ensure the residents get the right medications on time. Um, now, that looks different for every assisted living. You know, some people are on EMAR systems. Some people still use paper systems. Um, and that's okay. Every every place is different, but we do have nurses who have worked in all of those types of facilities who are going to be able to work with all those different types of programs to ensure um, that medication compliance is occurring. Nice. That's amazing. That's, that is just such, uh, it's a lot of work. And I've been, uh, you know, I've been in communities where, man, DHEC walks in the door and it's like, uh Oh, just, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's it gets panic intense. It's, it's the panic button. And, and to have that extra set of eyes is just amazing. Like, I think it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's just such a good thing because yeah, it can really throw, you know, things for a loop and it create a lot of extra work, you know, when they have to go back and, you know, fix things and, um, going through the DHEC tags, it's just when they can come out with a clean report and, and, and man, it just makes their world so much easier. 
Exactly. And we're also soon going to be able to provide CPR classes um, <clears throat> for our assisted livings that we are currently uh, partnering with. Wow. But that leads me into saying that trained staff um, being able to handle medication related emergencies like accidental overdoses or adverse reactions. That's also something that's very important. That's an education piece that we see missing today mm -hmm. in yeah. assisted livings. Right. Um, so that's another place where people tend to hit the panic button really quickly. Um, so to have somebody to be able to be respond promptly and appropriately um, can prevent the situation from escalating and causing other residents to panic. And, yeah. you know, we don't want hospitalization if we can prevent it. Um, but I think having those staff who are equipped to handle um, situations that you don't see every day. Right. Um, and to be able to communicate and de-escalate those. Sure. Um, that's all in all in communication training. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's 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 amazing. And, and then, you know, kind of moving into emergency response here, you know, so you guys are going to provide CPR training. I think that's that's really, really cool um, to, to have that, because, I mean, man, what staff member doesn't need that? So and that. Can yes. Be, and, that can you know, costly. it is a requirement. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, a requirement in the state for somebody to be CPR trained on every shift. Um, so somebody in the building has to be CPR trained at all times. So you have to have those quality measures checked off every year when DHEC comes around, make sure that you've had those in services, make sure you have those people on staff and ready to go. And we want to help you with that. Um, and to make sure that every resident, excuse me, every staff member is trained to provide CPR, um, should we need it in the building? Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. That that's phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and I think I, what I love about, you know, this, this kind of what you guys are really doing and able to really help out, um, an assisted living here is we have so much experience in our organization, the, your health organization, all of our leadership, just, I, I probably almost all of our leadership from our CEO. Um, I can, I can go down a list, um, all have been assisted living administrators or skilled administrators at one time. Um, I'd say the vast majority of our leadership has been involved in assisted living in some way or fashion, but as administrators, so I think that's one of the things we just have the experience for and are able to really kind of shine in that setting and uh, provide the best care for these residents. Absolutely. And, you know, we're really excited to get out there and partner with the assisted livings um, that we're already working with. We can mm -hmm. provide all the required topics um, for the annual in services, yep. CPR being one of them, uh, medication management, um, a variety of um, topics that, you know, we have a team of it's about six people and growing right now. Um, so everybody has a different specialty and things that they like talking about and educating on. So um, whether I can do it or not, I will find somebody who can get you the education that you need um, to make sure that your staff feels comfortable, that they yeah. are excited um, and that they're ready to take care of our patients together. Yeah. I mean, they have to do these in services you know, regardless, you know, and, and when that can be taken off of that administrator's plate and then be Absolutely. provided, provided those, you know, the, the sign offs. And I I've done that personally, you know, we, we used to do that as well. Um, and, and I loved being able to help out an administrator like that. So I, I love that. That's, that's great. Um, 
let's let's move into the promotion of health literacy now you know kind of um and you've already talked a little bit about that <clears throat> you know you know how are how are you guys really able to kind of um you know help you know these these staff members a lot of them you know i know one of the things that we used to do we used to do dementia training you know, uh, that was just something. And, and here's, here's a mistake that I made, Nicole. I remember thinking when we would go in to provide dementia training, and this would be say in a memory care unit that I just assumed that everybody working in memory care knew all about dementia. They knew the ins and outs, but they really, really didn't. And, and it was just such a good, and even if they did, a lot of times it was a good refresher to, to help them remind them and, and, uh, you know, to, to give better care to that, to that population. Cause it is a very difficult, you know, people with dementia are challenging and, um, but they have to be cared for in a certain way. And I, I just think it's so important to keep providing that education. Absolutely. Um, and I too have been through that particular training, Jamie, mm-hmm. and it's very eye opening, um, to kind of get into what a resident with dementia goes through on a day to day basis. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and through training our staff that way, we can help them be more empathetic, um, mm-hmm. and understand why a resident might not be responding to you the way you think they should. Sure. Um, you have to meet them where they are. Yeah. Um, and once we understand where the resident is, then we're better able to educate them about what they need in order to feel empowered mm-hmm. and manage their dignity and yeah. continue to manage that if they're able to manage their medication. Sometimes we do have residents and ALs who can self-administer, sure. um, but help empower them to do that um, in order to reduce the likelihood of us having some sort of complication. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you will see dementia residents who are resistant to take their medications yeah. um, <clears throat> just because they don't understand why they're being asked to take this handful of pills. Yeah. Um, so having staff who is trained um, to have the knowledge of being able to just meet them in that moment and mm-hmm. help them better understand this is going to help you feel better yeah. um, or whatever it takes to get them to understand this is for your help. Mm-hmm. This is to help us keep you here, keep you comfortable and keep you home wherever that may be longer. Sure. 100%. That's great. Um, let's talk about comprehensive care planning. Yes. So um, every resident is required to have a care plan um, Uh and an assisted living in the state of South Carolina, Georgia as well. Um, It depends on where you are in each state um, as to when that needs to be updated. But we know in order to stay in an assisted living, you have to have at least an annual one. Um, Training staff on medication management to ensure that those are completed is vital. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to present to the family and to the state when they ask to see the care plan um, that that resident has been getting their medication timely, they've been getting it accurately, and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, That care plan is also going to include, you know, any findings from the pharmacy. Um, So we are able to provide a pharmacist to come in um, and reconcile those care plans, those medication records um, to make sure that everything matches. Mm -hmm. Um, He then or she goes back to the nurse practitioner and, you know, is that they're able to look together if there are going to be adverse reactions between some of these medications. A lot of times when residents come home from the hospital 
will see that the hospital has added or taken away a medication because their records were from when Mrs. Smith was there six years ago. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they forgot to send the medication records with her when she went to the hospital. So they didn't have an accurate picture of what her medications truly were most recently. Sure. Um, so when they get home, that's when it's vital that our med techs, the nurse slash wellness director, the NP, everyone on that care team understands how those medications are going to interact with each other, especially if they're, like I said, additions or deletions from, from that list. Um, so making sure that there's a comprehensive care plan and everyone understands um, what Mrs. Smith needs in order to thrive and that those medications are on hand and that they're given as they're supposed to be given. Yeah. And and that is so challenging. You know, when you have, let's say, you know, especially if you, if they are in memory care and they have dementia, you know, and then they can't properly even communicate what they're feeling sometimes. And, and so it just really takes, it just takes more people, you know, to, to really, benefit and help a person that that's in assisted living like that, especially if they're in memory care. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of your health and the care teams that we've put together Mm -hmm. um, for these residents um, to ensure that we're looking at it from every angle possible um, to, you know, ensure that the resident is happy and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, what would you tell administrators that if they're listening and and then all of our, um, you know, your health team that may not know about this program and how you guys have really been focusing on assisted livings and and how many assisted livings are, is your health in at this time, Nicole, if you know that number offhand? Oh goodness, Jamie, it's upwards of 300. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So, um, what would you tell assisted living administrators as, as we close this out, you know, and they're looking for, um, you know, an organization like this, maybe they don't have <clears throat> us in their, in their community, you know, what would you, what would you tell them when they're looking for a primary care group, you know, um, like this? Um, I think your health knows facility compliance. We know state regulations. Uh, we know how to help close the back door. Um, like you mentioned earlier, we've got, amongst ourselves years and years of experience in facility mm-hmm. operations um, and serving seniors. So we've already created an excellent partnership um, to kind of alleviate the stress from mm-hmm. the administrator and the facility to help coordinate a high standard um, of medical care for the, for the residents, for our residents, yeah. for their residents. Um, so we want to partner together just to collaborate um, between providers and management teams to ensure that all of our residents um, receive the highest quality of care. Um, at the end of the day, you know, like I said at the very beginning, our goal is to reduce hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and by re- increasing quality of care, we'll do that. Yeah. Hospitalizations will immediately decrease. It will just come as, you know, a fruit of our labor that we've poured into our residents um, and our partners out in the community yeah that's that's amazing i love it um yeah we, now just so people know we're going to be doing this at least once a month we're going to be having uh one of our podcasts is going to be about assisted living and kind of your team is going to be kind of heading that up nicole um uh, everybody uh, from from your guys's um yeah team and, and and we're excited about that to provide more resources and more information more more things to kind of help along because this is man we, we got to take care of our seniors you know i think it is i think it's just something you know 
our society has to do. It's, it's something that's right to do. And uh, I think it's it really cool. It takes a village. It takes a village. And it's really cool. We get to do that and we get to provide that support. And uh, it's just, it's really rewarding. So Nicole, thanks, Absolutely, Jamie. thanks for all you do. And thanks for being on the podcast. Of course. I'm honored. It was a lot of fun and look forward to doing some more in the future. Absolutely. We're excited. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at ltcuniversitypodcast.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network. The Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub, and the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.